0: You're listening to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. My name's Jack. Today I'm joined, as always, by Jake and Aiden.
1: How are you guys doing? Hi, Jack. I'm good. I'm just, uh, I have a cold. So if I sound unenthusiastic, I promise it's not because of your night's results. It's just because of how I'm feeling. And other than that, I'm fine. Uh, Aiden, how are you doing?
2: I'm like, you're going to cry over there. Um, I'm doing well. <laughs> Hope you feel a little bit better with that cold. <laughs> I'm just enjoying my reading week and trying to get outside and enjoy the last little bit of fall weather before the long winter hits us, but I'm great. How are you, Jack?
0: Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, just to be honest, Jake. This isn't a dig at you, but I'm gonna be honest. You sound exactly the same as always, so that okay, should perfect. be good for the listeners. Hopefully, they can't tell the difference because no, I that can't. Works. But uh, if we want to start off, like 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 say every single week, I, I we need to find a different intro to this, but it's kind of hard right now over like Zoom calls and stuff to really talk about different stuff with the lag that sort of thing. But eventually, we'll have a more interesting intro and stuff to talk about before we get into everything. Uh, but yeah I'm good just nothing new around here but we'll we'll get straight into it and we'll go uh, all the way back to last week Manchester United absolutely tearing apart Red Bull Leipzig in the Champions League 5-0 which uh, we'll quickly quick thoughts on this game guys
1: I was very excited at the time and now it kind of seems like a false dawn but just to focus on this one uh, obviously there could be no complaints uh, we I think they're Champions League, what were they, semi-finalists or quarter-finalists at the least. So uh, obviously to win 5-0 against them, it's not, you can't really be lucky and win 5-0, maybe 1-0, 2-0. Um, there were lots of people who said that Leipzig dominated, like some pundits, but I don't really agree with that. I think United played really, really well. Um, I believe they this is a while ago. So I believe they started this game in the, with the diamond, Uh and it worked really well. Just Martial and Greenwood up front. Uh, it was perfect. Greenwood got his second goal of the season off a nice pass. I think it was from Pogba, or it might have been Martial. I can't remember. But Greenwood just, just uh, sh- Pogba. Okay. Uh, but Greenwood just made a nice run and just sh- shot it in the far corner across from Gulachi. So uh, it was a great finish. Obviously, Rashford came off the bench to score a hat trick, which was. And and he just looked great all night. Uh, Martial scored a penalty, his first goal of the season. Uh, obviously, we're hoping it kind of gets him going for the rest of the season. Now now that his suspension's done for the Premier League after the the weekend's game, and uh, and yeah, just United played well. Uh, Leipzig's defense kind of had a lot of trouble dealing with them with the movement and just the invention. Um, and yeah, other than that. Obviously, it was great to get six points from six in the group at this point uh, from games against PSG and Leipzig, so no complaints here. Um, so, yeah, Aiden, what would you think?
2: It was very, very good. I don't have too much to add other than it was just the Rashford show. And I think even though United were the better team, I don't know what those pundits are talking about. Same with Arsenal having a masterclass, apparently. Both of those teams only had two shots on target. So, if that's a masterclass, that's just showing the standards of these clubs. Holy Christ. But Rashford was just tearing Leipzig open. Nupin Makano, everyone's been raving about this guy, but he was culprit for a couple of the goals.
1: Yeah,
2: And, yeah, we'll take it. I don't know. Enjoyed seeing the Diamond in that game, but I think it gave them a bit of false confidence that he didn't alter the tactics later against Arsenal. But for that game, it was good, and most of the players played really well. So I was confident. That's all I have to say.
1: Yeah, it was a nice result at home too, which obviously is not the not the strong point for United. I saw a stat, I'm just gonna go over this quickly. But and I haven't double checked this, but apparently this is United's best home home form or worst home form in their history and their their best away form in their history. So it kind of shows a contrast between the two. Um so yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Jack, do you have anything to say? Yeah, they man United
0: absolutely destroyed them in the Miniscale, like I already said that. Like I I don't know – I didn't see anything about anybody saying that that uh, Leipzig dominated the game, but I can tell you as a neutral they were wrong because that is not what happened at all. Like, they obviously, for the first little while, they were uh, Leipzig were pressing, like, nonstop, and then seemed like United just – they dealt with it really well. And then by the end of the game, like, uh, as soon as Rashford came on, he just absolutely, like, just tore them apart, especially – I think it was the third goal where he just took, like just shuffled his body and just drills it into the bottom corner. Just very clinical. And and yeah, not what, not what I expected, but Soul just turns up in these massive games. Like anytime that you expect United not to win, they will win every single game. And then the games that you might not expect or the games that you don't expect or the games that you expect them to win, they don't. And they, they let you down but yeah in that game they're ab- they they dominated there's no part of that game did I think Leipzig were really in control just a lot of pressing but United were the ones creating all the chances and they were finishing everything so it's a very good result and then we'll move in now United playing Arsenal on the weekend uh, Arsenal I thought Arsenal were really good in this game like you said Aiden there are a lot of people saying it was a an Arsenal master class. I, I don't I, I wouldn't go that far, but they I thought they were really good in this game, but um I I thought they fully deserved the win. Um United didn't really do anything in the game and I was looking for some patterns of play offensively to see how they were gonna create chances and they didn't really they didn't really do anything, and Arsenal.
1: I thought they fully deserved the win. But Jake, what did you, what did you think of this one? No, yeah, you're right. If you just look at the pure stats, uh, United had more shots, same amount of shots on target, more possession, more passes, same pass accuracy, all those. But you're definitely right, Arsenal. Arsenal 100% deserved to win this game. I think there were, there, like Aiden said, there were lots of people that were kind of overhyping their performance. It wasn't a masterclass in any way. You see, uh. Ian Wright afterwards saying if Arteta was in charge of United, they'd be winning the title or challenging for the title, which I don't think that's accurate at all. Um, just a bit of a side note, actually. I was just kind of getting annoyed because it was Arsenal's first win away at a top six club uh, since 2015, which which obviously it's a, a very long time for a club like Arsenal or any club, to be honest. Uh, and you see just just the amount of coverage that the game was getting afterwards. I think they had like Thirty tweets about the game, and then in the the day and a couple days after, so it just kind of annoyed me. Just because if you're an Arsenal fan, obviously you're excited, but do you really want to see your club celebrating like a, a win, just a routine Premier League win against a bad Manchester United team like that? That effusively, for me, I, I know I might just be biased because United lost, but for me, that would just kind of be like a warning sign. Like Arsenal are not obviously we know this, but they they're not as big a club as they were before. Like. If you're celebrating these big wins like this, I, I don't know really, what to say about it. But I'm not taking anything away from the game. Arsenal were better. United were not good. Uh, United hit the post late on, off a of deflection. But that would have been that would have been lucky to be honest. If it went in, it would it would have just covered the cracks uh, of this performance. Yeah, not not too much to say. Uh, just there was no one really for United who played well to be honest. There's, there weren't too many positives I could take out of this game. Uh, for Arsenal's point of view, Nani was, was very good. Um, obviously, everyone's seen the video of, of his late run in the 91st minute just to close down. But other than that, just during the game in general, he was quite good. Um, it'll be nice for them to get Ming on the score sheet again after uh, five games. That was his longest goal streak the streak for, since 2014, I believe. Um, and, yeah, Gabriel. And Gabriel got a lot of praise for his performance at the back. He was quite good. Uh, and yeah, they they definitely did deserve the win. They were they were much more um, they were at the races right from the start, and United definitely weren't. Arsenal were putting the pressure on them early on, so you could kind of see how the game was going to go right from the start. But but yeah, no no defense here of United. They were not very good. Uh, Aid, uh, what do you think from this game?
2: Yeah, if anyone was going to win this game, it was going to be Arsenal. You couldn't really see United ever winning the game. I just think that world-class and master class are like the two most overused words in football. Uh, there's only a, should be a certain amount of world-class players. And this was not a master class, And if it is, then I'm just, I'm sorry for Arsenal standards. This Imagine if the roles were reversed and United won off a penalty and had two shots on target, you, no matter how well they played, what everyone would be saying. That's all I can think about. But anyways, United were shocking. And actually, usually I don't blame Solskjaer, but I think his tactics were pretty poor. I was telling Jake before the game that I would have liked to see them go with a back five to match up against Arsenal, because the width was really going to be a problem. And I think that proved to be correct. And they were getting a lot of two V ones against our fullbacks from large parts of the game. Uh, And you didn't mention him, but Thomas was very good in the game. Yeah. yeah, nothing good from United here. And Arteta said in his post-match interview that United are were like a hard team to prepare for because they play in like three different formations sometimes. But it's kind of back-to-back games after the Champions League that Solskjaer goes back into the league and uses the exact same formation. I'm not sure if he just thinks that, oh, that got the best of my players the week before, so I'll try it again. But I think he needs to vary his tactics a bit more when he comes up against certain teams you can't really play the the same way against many different teams um yeah but I I don't think it was a master class from Arsenal and I I could be completely wrong but I don't really see how Arteta set up his team different than he normally does other than pressing a a bit more perhaps but yeah if anyone was going to win the game it was going to be Arsenal and United weren't really doing anything so that's all I really have to say and I'm not sure if he didn't set up with a back five because Telus had COVID. So he doesn't want to play with like Luke Shaw at a wing back, But And center half's obviously an area of concern. So it's tough to pick three center backs out of this club right now. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think he got his tactics a bit wrong. But I don't really think it was anything spectacular from Arsenal. And very horrible uh, decision by Pogba to take Oemiang down. Uh, Not a very smart challenge. And Pogba just continues to frustrate everyone around United. Um, I don't really, we already talked about this before. I already said that I think he's really fallen out of the upper echelon of midfielders in the Premier league and in the world just due to consistency. And I actually agree with Jamie Carragher. He's more of just like a talented player at this point than a player who actually puts in good performances because he shows flashes of brilliance. Uh, whether it's like a a goal or a run or or a turn or whatever that other players simply couldn't do, but he never puts it together completely. So I don't know if that's the mental side of the game or what, but yeah, shocking from United and uh, really just symptomatic of, of what happens at this club. You get your hopes up and then you get let down and it's up and down. Like Jack was saying, when you expect them to, uh, to lose, they win. And when you expect them to win, they lose. So we'll just see how it progresses, and we'll see if Sol- Solskjaer can turn it around. What do you think, Jack?
0: Yeah, I think over the last week, it's, it really shows how how uh, United can frustrate their fans because of these performances. Um, I think as far as the, the Arteta masterclass goes, I think that a lot of that has to do with just because it is such, like, historically such a big game. I think a lot of it just has to do with the media, kind of um pushing the pushing that agenda um because we know that like even within the last week with some of the bad results we, we've seen like a huge huge push from the media to get Solskjaer out like that's what I've seen as a neutral fan like huge push to get Ole out of the club with Pochettino and some of the other managers saying that they want to get back into into managing but uh, i thought i thought our i thought arsenal like like I said they were they were good some of the stats they had some some chances that that wouldn't really show up in the numbers such as like the the cutback for lacazette where it just I, I can't remember who Lindelof, it was i think, I think it, it might have been Lindelof. just yeah just got a touch to it and uh, to take it take it away from lacazette who i swear lacazette has moments like that every single game where you just expect him to score and then like nothing happens, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought he I thought he played really well. Jake, you already touched on. I thought El was um, incredibly good in that game, and there was a lot of praise from uh, for Thomas Partey. But from like from my perspective, because I have seen him play quite a bit for Atletico, and I think like us three have already like we already know what he's capable of, and he really is that complete midfielder. But for me, it was yeah, watching El Nenny, who I completely forgot about at Arsenal. He was very, very good in that game, can run for days. Like you said, we saw the press in the last couple minutes there. But yeah, as far as a master class goes, I, I don't I don't know about that. I thought I thought he, he got it spawned on uh, Arteta, but it's not it wasn't it wasn't like there were any crazy decisions. And a lot of what I've seen has just been comparing Arteta, comparing what he's done with Arsenal and seeing seeing the plan and seeing the patterns of play compared to Solskjaer which sometimes can be questionable as like when they keep changing the way they set up and um, like how they create opportunities that sort of thing but uh, also one thing that I thought as a neutral you guys didn't touch on it I thought although he had a great game Gabriel Magalish was very fortunate to stay on the yes, field yes thank you He, he definitely, yeah he definitely like in my opinion like that's a second yellow he probably should have went off other than that, he was very good in the game, but Greenwood absolutely destroyed him in the corner. Yeah. There with the spin. yeah I think there was uh, another time on
2: Rashford. He didn't even get a foul called against him. Mike was just – he was on another planet there.
0: I don't know. Mike Dean. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we, we all know Mike Dean. Like, he, he's yeah. – we, we, I don't like Mike Dean. That's all I have to say about him. And I think with, with Rashford a lot of the time in this game with his back to goal – you could see he's not the most comfortable back to goal with with less space and I think Gabriel. like there were quite a few times where he just absolutely steamrolled Rasher. like Rashford was on the ground for a lot of this game but uh yeah I thought and I think a lot of people said, a lot of people have said that Gabriel had probably very fortunate that that was a second yellow like if that happened that happened uh to, to everton I'd be fuming because that that was definitely worthy of second yellow what a turn by Greenwood by the way if that was Uh, absolutely filthy in the corner geez very Mm -hmm. good
2: the only the last thing I want to say about it is like yeah I agree with you but my main point is just like I I don't think Arteta really like changed too much about what he normally does I just think that Solskjaer just used very poor tactics going with a super narrow formation against Arsenal that's just my opinion I don't really think Arteta really kind of strayed from his normal tactics and did everything anything amazing and, just to, see, yeah, and right. just to see, like, the double standards, like, I know, like, I shouldn't, like, be complaining about this because I think it's kind of obvious at this point that everyone that's not a United fan just has an obsession with trying to bring United down and, like, always has to bring them up. But, like, if this was United who won with a penalty, like, say, Bruno scored the penalty instead of Obamiang and the stats were reversed, well, like, everyone would be – they wouldn't be saying, oh, United plays shit or United played great and Arsenal played shit, they'd say, oh, United played shit, but they got the job done with a penalty like Varchester. So that's kind of where the frustration comes in, just with double standards. But yeah, I just laugh it off because, like, what are you going to do? It's always there.
0: Yeah, I think I think a lot of it, like, comes down to, like, like you said, the stats were pretty even. But from a neutral perspective, I thought that Arsenal definitely, like, uh, I think Arteta did – it seemed – especially compared to the last couple of games that Arsenal have played where they've been very, very, very defensive. And they did sit back, especially closer to the end in this one. But uh, from the start of the game, especially, it seemed like they were in control the whole time, which you can't really – you can measure by by possession and stuff. But I I thought they were in control. But, yeah, I can definitely – I can see your frustration. Like I said, and this comes from the result from from yesterday. We're recording on – a Thursday, by the way. So United have played against uh, Sheer, Istanbul, or whatever they're called. But there has definitely been a huge agenda for like tr- trying to kick Ole out. Where we all know that that's not necessarily the 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 only problem at United right now. But we'll get into that in a sec. Let's uh, actually we can get the other. We can talk about the other Man United game that just happened yesterday as well. United losing to Oh, I can't even say it. Ba- Bashir, Istanbul, the Turkish team, losing that one 2 1. Dembaba scoring, who I thought was retired. I completely forgot about Dembaba and just, I didn't know that he was still playing, but he had an absolute masterclass in this game. But definitely not a result that anybody expected. What were your thoughts on this one?
1: It's just dumb. Like, United United wastes all their all the good work they did against PSG and Leipzig to get in a good advantage, or sorry, to get an advantage to get themselves in a good position in this group, and they go and lose to to Istanbul by here. So not great. Um, very disappointing. Obviously, again, I can't really defend United. They didn't play well at all. Uh, the two goals. I mean, we we everyone says this on a regular ba- on a regular basis, but literally we could have defended those goals better than United did there. Like, I'm 100% positive. Um, so just for a refresher, the first goal, uh, it was off of the United corner, but there was no one... No one was marking Demba Ba. He was inside his own half. And then once uh, Edin Vishka just played the ball over the top, he had the whole United half to run onto it and, and take it forward and, and put it past Dean Henderson. Um, so I don't know if... I don't know why no one was aware where Demba Ba was. Usually... <laughs> Um, usually, like when people go for corners, I'm just going back to my experience playing, which obviously was not a good level. But the first thing you do when you're a defender and you go forward for corners, you check to make sure that there's someone marking the opposing team's player who's back. So I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I know it's different at the elite level. You have to think about different things, but honestly, just think of the basics too. Um, and for the second goal, when Dembaba kind of dummied the ball after a cross, I can't remember who crossed it. Um, but just the dummy just attracted three United players and just left the box wide open for Vishka and and to be fair it was a good finish it was a first touch and he sh- and he smashed it past uh, Henderson um but honestly it, it would it was harder to to miss and to score there but fair play to him we scored but again just getting attracted to the ball and that's kind of the thing that happens with United's players like Aiden Aiden's commented on it quite often when we talk during the games uh, Juan Bisaka just gets drawn inside uh, obviously it didn't really happen this game because the goals didn't come from his side necessarily but it's just a kind of a tendency that he has and for the for the second goal I haven't seen the replay of it but I really don't know where Luke Shaw was. Maybe he was up for the corner because I think he, he took the corner uh, depending on which side he was taking. So maybe he was just on his way back. But honestly, I don't know the... Oh, sorry. I just mixed up both goals there. So yeah, Luke Shaw just out of position for the second goal. Don't know where he was. Um, obviously, United scored with Martial. It was a good header, but it, it wasn't enough. Uh, they didn't really create enough clear-cut chances in the second half to really take the game, take some points away. But, um, yeah, I don't know what you could say. Uh, we did notice, like, Luke Shaw and Juan Bissaka were playing much further up the field than they usually do. But, like, like we all know, it's not necessarily their biggest strength attacking. Um, like, I, I will defend Juan Bissaka because I think he's better going forward than, than people give him credit for. But, obviously, he's not, like, he can't play balls like Trent or he's not, like, a uh, dynamic, like, Ricardo Pereira or whatever. And Luke Shaw, we, I mean, we know Luke Shaw. We know how his career at United's kind of gone. It's been uh, up for his first year and down ever since then. Um, And yeah, we, we know again, Luke Shaw's not, not always fond of running forward. He's been doing better since Teles came in to give him some credit, but still, it's not as a strength of his. But they were playing very attacking the fullbacks this game, but they just got caught out and they couldn't make it back in time. Um, the passing was very sloppy too from United. It was just a random passage in the first half Uh that really didn't come to anything, but just sticks in my mind still where United had three passes, I think in a six second span, they gave them away every single time. Um, It was just, just very sloppy and not, not at the races. Obviously we know that the, the travel could have uh, something to do with it, but honestly, if you're a team as expensive and as talented as United you still expect to beat uh Best Shakchi here no matter what um so yeah this this kind of kind of puts them in a tougher spot in the group obviously they're still in first place in the group but they're tied on points now with Leipzig and uh, uh Istanbul and PSG all have uh, are only 3 points behind United so if United drops another game they could go from first to last in the group so obviously it's not a position that they want to be in um but yeah i think i've i've rambled on enough here Aiden would you think about this game
2: garbage just the players letting the manager down I don't really think other than how many managers are going to play Juan Mata as a right right-sided player like it's just pisses me off I know we haven't signed any really good right wingers but I don't know I think the system just completely breaks down because he has no pace he, he does less defensively than someone like James Rodriguez he wouldn't really say is a stalwart and helping out the team he, he's like so like so weak and not physical he doesn't he's always looking to cut inside and then you're wanting Juan Bissaka to bomb on and it's just it was another performance like always when United have the ball that when they're dominating possession and the other team sits low it's it's trouble for United and that's what I poor poor sloppy passing like you already said led to the other goal you didn't really touch on it but Fernandez just playing a crap ball and then Mata just conceding possession easily Normally, I feel like in professional soccer, when the position that Mata was in with his his back to the entire play, they just try to draw a foul, but he was just weak and didn't see the man coming and he got robbed of possession. And I think that's why Luke Shaw was very out of position. I mean, I'm not defending him because he should have at least been able to get back into the picture by the time the ball went in the back of the net. But yeah, losing possession cheaply when you're dominating possession and pushing the fullbacks up usually doesn't have – good consequences especially when you have slow center backs like Maguire and I think two ends AB really got exposed in this game even though we like to rave about him as United fans very inexperienced and out of position a lot in my opinion yeah and then other than that Matic didn't offer the team anything he just robbed the club I think when he signed his contract last season uh he had a great patch of form back then but ever since then he barely starts and when he does he doesn't really play very well um and just the the speed of passing from the team was awful it reminded me of louis van hal it was so garbage yeah, you're right, just you're right. side to side and i saw there was three different times during the match when ole came down and they were showing him and he was saying he was saying move the ball quicker and they just they just weren't i don't know if that's just they don't have players that that know what they're doing in defense and, and someone like Matic who takes a long time and dilly-dallys on the ball or when someone like Scott McTominay comes on, just we all know what he offers. It's, it's not good technical ability. Uh, so it was just really frustrating and you basically summed it all up. Just we could have done better. I don't know. Because for the rest of the game on those corners, Juan Bissaka and Matic were the ones marking back uh, like two guys on Demba Bob, but for that one, Juan Bisaka was way up near the area and match. It seemed like he didn't know what was going on. He, it looked like he thought that obviously he obviously should have looked, but it looked like he thought that there was supposed to be someone behind him. So I, that's just a clear breakdown. I mean, some people want to say that that's coaching, but I don't know. I think you have to take a bit of responsibility if you're on the field and, and not allow him to be so wide open, but
1: yeah, for sure.
2: And the last thing I'll say is, um, there was a lot of good performances uh, from Beshek Shahir's point of view, but I thought Raphael was very, very good in the match. That former United player, it kind of stinks. He could probably still be starting a defense for United the way he played today or yesterday, rather. He was always just winning the ball and showing a bit more fire and just getting to the ball and then drawing a foul just to break up United's attacks. He did well up against Rashford. And even though Martial scored, he really frustrates me because against a low block, he doesn't seem like he has the movement to really do much. But there's just so much that I could say about it. What do you think, Jack?
0: Yeah, so you guys kind of touched on about the players taking responsibility. I think from the, the goals that they conceded in this game, I, I've seen a lot of analysts and, like, uh, the professionals saying that that comes from bad coaching. And, Jake, you you said, like, that first goal from dembaba we wouldn't concede that like defensively both of the goals i don't really like i think it's more individual yeah, mistakes it's not coaching players either. yeah that that's not coaching like anybody knows like dembaba how is he so like they didn't yeah. even watch him he was he was literally on the halfway line and, and- um, he was he was amazing especially in the first half like i will give dembaba some credit like he was so good in the first half
2: and, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, Demba was really good, but that's the thing. How many times, I don't know if it's just my bias, but how many times have I come on here and said that all the, like many of the goals United concede are just from individual mistakes. Like, if you look in all the games, the games that they just lost, the three goals, they conceded the Pogba penalty. And then these two are all just individual errors.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't really understand, but go on Jack.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you from a defensive perspective where I think I I I think I disagree as a neutral, where I disagree with you guys is from an offensive perspective. And this is what most neutral fans have been looking for with Solskjaer and a lot of them who don't think he's up to the level to, you know, coach Man United is against a team like Bashik Shahir, whatever this team is called. Hopefully nobody who supports that team is listening. I, I highly doubt it. But if you are, thank you. And I'm sorry for butchering the club's name. Um, but what I'm looking for with the quality that United have in that team, especially in the, like, up top, I'm looking for some patterns of play to break them down. Like, re- like repetitions, the exact same play. Kind of similar. I know I've said it before, similar to how, and I've said it on previous podcasts, how Guardiola, how it's very much robotic almost i'm looking for some patterns of play in the final third that man united can do to break uh i'm just gonna call them istanbul just break the other team down and in this game they looked completely void of ideas at points i was seeing mctominay when he got brought on was playing like like in the right wing area in the final third and i was just very i was trying to find something and look for some sort of shape and movement in the final third and i think Although they have, some, they have some really good players out there, but there's got to be some coaching involved in, in the positioning, and the in the like kind of repetitive passes, that sort of thing, in order to break teams down. That's I really was trying, really trying to see it, and I couldn't really see anything. A lot of times it came down to uh, Rashford and Martial trying at, at the very end after passing around the box for a little bit but not really penetrating either of them trying to take a man or two men on and ended up getting tackled. But that, that could just be me. But from what I saw, I'm just looking for some patterns of play offensively. Um, it, it's different when United are on the counter attack against any team, because they've got an electric pace and they look really, really good on the counter. But when it comes to breaking teams down, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the, the the movement in the final third that definitely does come down to coaching
1: yeah touching on the pines of play it's like you said united's trademark is the counter-attack um look we're not we're not like diluted. we know Solskjaer is not the number one manager in the world obviously he's got his flaws but he's done really well for united he's he's got the players out that he that needed to get out uh he's had some great results in the champions league obviously beating psg twice in in, in two years uh I'm not going to say no other United manager has done that, but it's been a long time since United have been performing against big teams in the Champions League. Um, of course, United do need to be better in possession uh, in the other team's end because a lot of teams that United come up, come up against will just sit back and with the lower quality players, maybe, like uh, not to be disrespectful, but just with players who probably wouldn't make into United's team, that's when United... That's where they need to improve, um, and honestly, the, I'm not going to be defending them on that because it's been it's been the case for all of last season and as well as the beginning of this season. So they definitely should be further ahead at this point and in, in being comfortable in possession. Um, but it could also just be the the players to be honest, like the midfielders. We know Bruno's quite good, but he does take a lot of risks with the ball. Um, uh, sorry. Scott McTominay, we know he's not the best passer. Obviously, we love him coming through the academy and all that. He's a useful, very useful player, but not the best in possession again. Uh, Fred, Fred will be good with his distribution, but he'll ha- he'll have moments in every single game where he plays a couple of shocking passes. Um, so it could just be the need to just improve the players individually. Um, and, and I don't know, hopefully they can improve on it sooner than, rather than later because obviously I don't want to see Solskjaer sure leave the club. Uh, I don't think he's close to being sacked, like many uh, people are suggesting. I think it's too early in the season for that. The same thing happened last season, the United turn turnaround. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get a repeat of last season and, and finish in the Champions League place and finish strong. But I don't know if, uh, Aiden, you have anything else to add to that or not.
2: Yeah, there's definitely isn't great patterns of play, but I think that a lot of the players that United play are pretty garbage, to be honest and they don't really help, like, they, Luke Shaw, Wambasaka they don't take any players away to create space for other players. Uh, they M- Nemanja Matic, he, he's, he doesn't do anything to, like, help the team move forward or, or, like, even, like, dribble the ball really, like, past a player and then make it, someone get dragged out of position. Like, sometimes when I watch United, I kind of see the team in, like, in blocks where there's like a forward four almost like leads, but not really like intentionally and not with a big gap, but like Luke Shaw isn't, even though he got an assist the other day, he's he doesn't like take the ball to the byline and cross it. And mm-hmm. usually Juan Bissaka doesn't, they cross it from like deep positions and they're usually very poor deliveries. Like they're not, they're not really taking anyone and drawing them out wide and allowing like the other attackers to get in to like half spaces the only player who like picks up like smart spaces on the entire field is Bruno. Um, and then he usually just tries to force something uh, to the other players and tries to guess their movement. I do agree. It's somewhat coaching, but I don't think it would really matter if you still have players like Luke Shaw, who he could take the ball and, and beat someone down the line, but instead he always looks to go backwards or sideways every time. So, and I hate just, Hating on Luke Shaw, I want everyone to know like I have this guy's kit in my in my closet right now from when he signed for United. I think I already said that. Mm-hmm. So I want him to do well, but I think ever since the leg break, he's been past the sell-by date, and so I am excited to see as if he ever gets yeah. to play this guy. But yeah, I do agree. There's not really patterns. There's like a style that they try to do, which is like, I guess, neat, intricate play around the box, which like is like with Martial and Pogba for the most part, but I wouldn't really say it's patterns of play, but I'm tired of talking about United, to be
0: honest. Yeah, last thing I'll say, I'm not trying to wind you guys up here. Just like when I'm looking for this, I, I just don't think you can say the players, especially against a team, it would be different if you're playing against, uh, we'll use an example to say liver We'll say Bayern Munich. If you're playing Bayern Munich, that's like, well, these players really aren't on the same level as as Bayern Munich. But if you're playing against Bashir, Istanbul, like the, the the players that United have on the field. Although yes, they they make some some bad decisions, but overall the squad there's definitely enough quality. They should be able to mm-hmm. beat teams like that. But I agree, um, you guys, yeah, you guys obviously know that. So,
2: but the only thing I'll say about that is like, in a way, when the team is other team is playing a low block, if the fullbacks are just sitting in high areas and not dragging anyone out. There, at some times, there's eight players sitting in against United's five attackers. Like, it doesn't really matter how good those players are if the fullbacks or the wide players aren't, like, dragging on anyone out making two V1s. Do you know what I mean?
0: Like, yeah, Luke Shaw, I he know. doesn't get
2: forward at all. Like, it's ridiculous. No,
0: I know. Luke, Luke Shaw, like, watching Luke Shaw is a neutral. I still think that coaching and, and positioning and off-the-ball movement have a part to play. But, yeah, I do agree with you because when you watch Luke Shaw – like every single time he gets the ball, he runs about like he'll take about three to four touches forward. And every single time it's a touch to cut back and then either a sideways pass into the middle or going straight back to where he just came from. So, yeah, maybe like some, maybe, maybe the best way to say is maybe not everybody in that, that Man United starting 11 is, is like positionally. Good yes. enough but I, there there is it's a mix of both obviously yes
2: that's what i was going to say i'll compromise with you i need we need to move on but yes i agree yeah, some of it yeah. is definitely coaching
0: yeah we'll move on now to a game that when i saw the lineup i just knew that it was going to be a shocking game everton lose 2-1 to newcastle in a game that now that i have time to reflect and look over this game again i realized that half of our starting 11 and this sounds like excuses it kind of is uh half of our uh starting 11 that Ancelotti would want to use was out for this game we're missing we're missing Mason Holgate who we missed his pace on the goals which I'll go over we're missing Seamus Coleman who's been very very good this season Richarlison who I'm still pissed uh, that he got that red card cuz there was no reason for him to do that and he's a huge miss and we're still yet to win a game without him. Hamas Rodriguez injured for this one. Um so just not not looking uh not looking like the the usual Everton lineup but personally I don't, we'll see what you guys think but I I barely criticize him cuz he's made very very few mistakes so far but Personally, I would say that Ancelotti definitely got this one wrong today. He went with the, the uh, Christmas tree formation, the 4 three, two, one, and used Gilfie Sigurdsson and Andre Gomez in like attacking midfielder, kind of left-right mid, kind of in that space, um, with uh, Delph, Allen, and Abdoulaye de Dekouré making up the three behind. Uh, but just watching this game, it was exactly what... I expected with Newcastle just waiting for their chance and then uh, using their pace to get in behind, especially for the second goal. But very like exactly what you would expect Newcastle to do in this game. It's exactly what happened. I'm just a little bit, a little bit frustrated that the the drop off from Everton's regular. Uh, starting 11 which really is it can compete from what we've seen so far can compete with probably any team in this league but the drop-off is uh very disappointing it's it's like there's there's levels to it and it's just really disappointing that um the the drop-off in quality um can't beat newcastle with all due respect to newcastle because they definitely deserve to win the game um it's just disappointing from an Everton fan's perspective and like when you just see like oh they're playing so well but as soon as you take some of the key players out it's just no like not even close to the same team and
1: disappointed with that one but what, what did you think Jake? Yeah like you said the first thing I noted down to be honest was was Ancelotti's Christmas tree formation uh the four three two one. He obviously, he's had he's had success with it at uh, in Italy uh, way back. But honestly, it was incredibly slow. The team. It was like you had in just in the midfield. You had Gilfi You had Andre Gomez. You had Delf. You had Allen. Uh, you had someone else. Cure, who's okay. Like he's not the fastest, but he can get up and down. But still, just the other four. Just they're they're slow. Obviously, Allen's very good. I like him, but. Uh pace is not his his attribute um so i mean at least I don't, I don't know it was just very narrow and and like you said kent john joe kenny's got some some energy at least but i don't think his quality's that good jack's pulling his hair out right now uh-huh. he's
0: shocking he's yeah. <laughs> he's
1: oh <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll discuss him later but yeah good yeah. And uh yeah, and Kunku, obviously, like you could kind of see that there's a good player in there, but it wasn't the easiest debut for him. Not criticizing him because obviously his first Premier League game, he's still a teenager, basically. So um not gonna not gonna hate on him too hard there. Just wasn't the greatest debut, but that happens to almost everyone. Um and yeah, just in the second half, Ancelotti, I thought it was interesting he saw he subbed off both of his fullbacks, uh just because he wanted like more more thrust and impetus, I guess. Just just kind of cram as many attacking players on the field as he can, but that really didn't help that much either. You had DeCourie go to right back. I think it was Delph who went to left back. Um, so that's that's still not not great um, for this. I'm just skipping to Newcastle second goal for a second. You saw Frazier just kind of skip past DeCourie too easily. Obviously, is not a right back, so maybe he's not aware of his surroundings as much, or he's not comfortable in the position, but uh, obviously it didn't the subs didn't really work out there. Um, just going on to Newcastle here, Callum Wilson played well, of course, scoring two goals. Um, it was kind of a soft penalty that he won, I thought, but I mean, Gomez did swing and kind of hit and did make contact. So it was definitely a penalty. It was just kind of soft. I obviously, like I just said, it was a penalty, but I kind of hate to see those ones given just because it's kind of, kind of annoying just to, just to see someone kind of hit the deck when they don't need to. But, um, Either way, we saw, well, we saw Yuri Mina and, and Wilson kind of have a battle there on the penalty spot before the, before the kick was taken and Wilson kind of shushing Mina after scoring. So that was entertaining from a neutral point of view anyway. Um, and yeah, just Everton were really lackluster. And uh, I th- I believe between both goals, between both Callum Wilson goals in the 56th and the 84th minute, Everton only had one shot uh, during that whole sequence. So it showed you that there were, they weren't really knocking on the door of, of Newcastle. Um, they weren't really putting them under much pressure. So I think it was a deserved win, to be honest. Everton didn't play great. And there you go, Jack. Steve Bruce just just coming back and proving a point. Um, anything, oh. What do you think about this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, I could kind of see it coming with Jack always chirping Newcastle that they were going to get a result here against Everton. But it's not excuses like... It's not making excuses for Everton because I think if you have like two, like a set of eyes, you can see that the squad is not complete. uh, And that with this side, it's they're not really going to be hurting too many teams in the Premier League. Like, no offense. And I think I'm looking
0: at it right now. It's really, I'm looking at it right now. It's just so it's, it's a slow motion team here. Like, oh, it's so bad.
2: Yeah. And so. I'm not really surprised. Like if once I saw the teams, I kind of thought, Oh, maybe there'll be a draw here. Um, but I think I said previously, it'll probably take after the window that they already had maybe like two, two to three more windows for them to really get like a full 18 to 20 players that they'll be really confident in using. Uh, Cause that does take a really long time. You can't just be expecting them to overhaul the first 11 and get, a ton of backups that they're really confident all in one go. And that would be if they all worked out too. Um, But I was just surprised as you were already talking about the, just kind of the speed. And I feel like he used a lot of uh, central based players, which surprised me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what his fitness was, but I I was kind of surprised that Iwobi wasn't playing after he's used him a few times. And even maybe Anthony Gordon would have liked to see someone like that. Uh, but I'm not really sure if he was playing for a draw or what his kind of ideas were. But it's it's really hard to say because I don't want to be rude, but there's not a lot of players there that I think is going to unlock it. And I think it was good of them to just get one goal. To be honest, like Calvert Lewin's going to be really isolated up there. I can't really see any players that are going to be running beyond him when I look at that team. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it was a weird you- tax. Sorry Jack, I'm just going to just throw this out. It was kind of a weird tactic just to play the like we said the, the really slow players in the narrow formation against a Newcastle team who does play like a 5-4-1. They do sit back. So it was kind of weird like you said Aiden there's no one kind of running forward and breaking the lines or anything. It was just kind of I I don't think he was playing for a draw or anything like that, but it was just really weird like it was not a lineup to get the best out of his team and and not not cause problems to Newcastle. I thought he should, like you said Aiden. I would like to see both the Wolby and Gordon start to be honest with you just have some width and just some, some dynamism on the wings instead of just all the slow central base players, just kind of crowding the same areas. Um, But yeah, go on, Jack, what'd you think? Yeah, no, I I agree with
0: you guys. It it really was. It's just so slow and he did cram so many like center midfield players in that team. And I I just, just really kind of confused as to, as to what he was thinking. I thought Calvert-Lewin, even though he was completely isolated, I thought he did really well, obviously, good finish for the goal but even that came from like a deflection um but good one touch finish uh robin olsen made his debut after jordan pickford got dropped for this game and i thought he did really well and i'm going to be completely honest although he's only played one game i would be much more comfortable with olsen in net against united on the weekend because he looked very comfortable very calm like calm presence we we know like we've described Pickford he hasn't been good this season but he is so erratic and Olsen he's like six foot five six foot six just very calm when the crosses come in just collects the ball just nice and calm which that's all I want from a goalkeeper Uh, so he did well Uh, John Joe Kenny like obviously I want every single player at Everton to do well but this this guy kind of infuriates me sometimes because you look at him and he should be fast. He should be. When you look at him, he should be fast and he's not, he's very slow. I don't know why he's very slow. He's not strong. He can't dribble and his defensive positioning is all over the shop. So like he, like I want him to do well. I just don't think he's at the premier league level if I'm being completely honest, but uh, just disappointing result I wish yeah Anthony Gordon's the most like for like uh Richarlison replacement that we have but obviously with Nkunku making his debut maybe Carlo didn't want that much inexperience on the left hand side and um yeah we'll have to wait and see just really it's just disappointing and the fun was it it was very fun while it lasted when Everton didn't get any injuries but it, it is uh uh, it is promising because at least all of the signings that he's brought in have looked really, really good so far. And I, I saw, um, well, it, I kinda, it is on topic. I saw like a, a picture today of Liverpool when they're like rate right when Klopp took over before any of the signings and none of the only player that is still at, like still at the club is James Milner. So like you said, Aiden, it takes time for, for them to completely overhaul this squad and, because we all know like all these signings Everton have made for different managers. It just takes time to get them out, but, uh, yeah, just disappointing and Steve Bruce, he's got the best of me here because like just like perfect Newcastle performance and soft penalty, like maybe, but Andre Gomez, you have to be more aware of your surroundings. Like, what are you doing? And if that's an Everton player, like I would love players who try to get penalties like that. Like Wilson came out after the game and said, Like, I just tried to get in the way when I saw him swing. I would love an Everton player to just try to do that because none of them do that. So, uh, deserved win for Newcastle. They have had a very impressive start to the season. And, uh, yeah, Everton are going to have to look to bounce back against United. Before we quickly preview that game, we'll just go over the other uh, results of the weekend. Uh, We'll start with Wolves beating Crystal Palace 2-0. Uh, really good performance from Wolves there. Uh, Manchester City beating Sheffield United 1-0. Sheffield still not scoring any goals, but I think all of us still think that they're going to be fine. Chelsea 3-0 against Burnley in a game they completely dominated from start to finish. Liverpool beating West Ham 2-1 after an early Pablo Fornell's goal. And Mohamed Salah with just the classic Mo Salah dive. Yeah, like He, he kind of calmed it down uh it was a little bit more calm last year with the diving but it looks like with that one there that is just classic Mosella dive like that's pathetic what did you guys think of that because I can't be the only one that got super annoyed when I saw that yeah no I hate it like
1: I again light of the law all this all this crap that I hate going by but Maswaku kind of did kick the underneath of his foot but I which is something I've never really understood because I feel like if you kick underneath someone's studs like I feel like it would hurt you more than the guy who always ends up flopping but um there was yeah like you said minimal contact he just kind of throws himself in the air it looked like he was in a in a swimming pool there but not enjoyable to see I mean you do see the same thing like I, I don't know if you were planning on mentioning it later but Harry Kane kind of he's kind of got a reputation too for flopping and he had a, he had one against Brighton too that led to a penalty. Um, but it's just really, really frustrating. Like, obviously there's, there's not really anything we could do about it at this point. You can't just like hand out suspensions for stuff like that. Because then again, people defend it saying, oh, there was a touch or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just super, super annoying. I hate, obviously we all hate, but we all hate seeing stuff like that. It's, it kind of ruins it for me to be honest. It's like, it's more like a a show or a spectacle. It's not like, it's not about the game anymore. It's about who can, who can con the referees better to to get gain, gain advantage it's really really frustrating uh yeah Aiden, same thoughts i'm assuming
2: yes it's not surprising at all coming from that that guy muhammad jack already touched on it he loves he loves eating a bit of grass and a little bit of a grazing for him, but yeah, uh, honestly, I, I didn't even see it, so I can't really say anything. I'm sure if you guys thought it was bad, then it then it was bad.
0: <laughs> it was exactly it was exactly as you're imagining, Aid, and exactly yeah. what you think. He yeah. he lands on one foot and then jumps up again. But um, the last thing I will well, two things. Liverpool they definitely deserve to win that game and come back. Diogo Jota with the with the winner, I believe. Uh, who I think we may have made fun of the price tag of that signing, but I will eat my words right now because he's been amazing so far for them. So, uh, congratulations to Liverpool for that one another signing that they've absolutely smashed it. So, a little bit frustrating there, but uh, yeah, uh, it is annoying. Like Mo, Mo Sal, we've seen the guy is he's very short, got great balance. He's absolutely jacked. There's no way that a little tap makes you fall over. I'm sorry. There's no way. Very Um, annoying. We'll we'll move on because I'll just get a little bit too wound up about that. Uh, Another game: Southampton uh, beating Villa four three after Villa making a trying to stage a late comeback. James Ward Prowse with some great free kick goals in that one. Uh, Southampton with a very very impressive start to the season as well. Oh, after a, Danny Ings first, is out now though. Yeah. That might be the main takeaway. Actually. I forgot about that. Danny Ings yeah. had to get surgery and he's out for a while. So don't be surprised if Southampton start to fall down the table. Cause Danny Ings is a great player. Um, Spurs beat Brighton two one. Like you said, Jake, Harry Kane, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you would have saw the highlights in that one. Harry Kane really, really looking for the, the contact to get that penalty. And, and he did get it. And I, A lot of experts, and I agree with this. A lot of people saying that the refs, you need to, you need to, like, have some of these refs never played the game because it's so obvious he's looking just to back into the player, just to get the contact. But then again, uh, they might have felt hard done by for the Tariq Lamptey goal because Hoiberg just got absolutely mangled with the tackle on that play, which was definitely a foul, but they just kept playing. And then Lamptey with a great goal. uh, But Spurs win that one 2 1. Uh, Another one, Fulham beat West Brom 2-0. And that really shows West Brom might be in huge trouble this season because (laughs) they they lost to Fulham. So they're probably not going to have a good season. Uh, In the last one, Leicester beating Leeds 4-1. That means Brendan Rodgers has beat Guardiola. Uh, He's already beat Manchester City, Arsenal, and Leeds this season, all convincingly uh so leicester really good start to the season as well jamie like what a striker that guy's so so good even though he did did go off in this one but uh yeah leicester with another really good performance and and they're up to second in the table i believe so good start for them let's finish off now quick quick preview for the everton manchester united game on this weekend to be honest, I don't know about all of these injuries. I think Seamus Coleman's coming back for Everton. James Rodriguez, I think he's coming back, and then Luca Dean's back. Um, but I don't. But Richarlison's still suspended, so Everton nearly at full strength, but uh, but not quite. But
1: uh, how do you see this one going, guys? As as with the recent trend here, very nervous for the game. Just. Uh... Just kind of reflecting the the form of my team here, just quite pessimistic for this one. It is away from home though, so United should should uh, should be better than than they would be at home. Like I just like I said earlier in the pod, sorry. Uh, United, obviously they lost to Basha here, but they, at that point they had been on the best away form in their history. I think they were unbeaten in 18 straight. Um, so that that's a, obviously a very good record. Uh, obviously Everton's been a problem for United uh, in the last couple of years, obviously we know that big four nil win for Everton uh, a couple of seasons ago, but like Jack likes to say, uh, Martial scores every single game against Everton. So, and he's back from suspension here. So we're, we're hoping for a repeat. Um, I don't know. Again, I'll, I'll have to be, I'll have to back United for every single game. I'll predict a win. I'll, I, I'll just predict a two, two, one win for United. Uh, Aiden, what do you see happening?
2: I can see a really boring game, honestly. Um, not gonna lie usually for the most part when i watch everton a bit less this season but i find their games pretty boring and a lot of times even when i watch united if it wasn't united i'd find their games really boring not a lot happening unless they're playing completely on the counter attack there's not really much going on um yeah i could see harry, harry Maguire actually having a good day up against calvert lewin could be more of his battle Usually against fast strikers, he doesn't do well, but against physical players, he does a lot better. Obviously, Calvert-Lewin's a bit of a combination of that, but I think Maguire will have a good day. And I I think a lot of this game could come down to the wide areas and the fullbacks. We'll see, obviously, if Sheamus is playing, that's a big boost over having John Joe. And uh, how much United are willing to help their attackers by getting their fullbacks forward um wait did you say Hamas is playing i couldn't remember
0: yeah I, I, well, I'm, it's not confirmed yet. it's probably going to get confirmed tomorrow um because we're mm. recording this on friday it'll probably be confirmed tomorrow i think he's fit um mm. but he, he might not be but i would think so if he's fit he's going to start so
2: mm. actually it's going to be interesting to see the midfield battle like presumably alan and Decore, like going up against uh, I want to see Alan going up against Fernandez that'll be good but yeah I think it'll be a nil nil or maybe like a one nil for United that's what I'm gonna say I don't want to go too in-depth because obviously like we're we haven't barely been nailing the predictions on this podcast yeah. too much but
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Jack yeah I, I think like obviously it depends on, I think it depends on who Everton has available because this season, like at full strength, they're, they're very, very good, but the depth just isn't there. And I think a lot of it has to come down to who's going to be playing. So I think they'll go in the four, three, three. And I actually, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but because Sigurdsson and, and uh, Andre Gomez have been very, very poor in the last couple of games, I'm probably going to go with Fabian Delph in a midfield three with Alan De, Decoury. And then Delph and Allen sitting back to allow Dakuri carry the ball for the counterattack. Cause I think because um, we've seen United kind of struggle to break teams down. And I think that Everton, they've shown with their with their very slow center back pairing at the moment with Michael Keane and Yary Mina, they do not want to give United the the space in behind because we will lose 10-0. Those guys are just not fast enough to keep up with United's front three. Uh, or whoever they put up there is just going to be too quick unless it's Cavani, but he'd still be faster than Everton's center backs. So I think a lot of it has to come down to who plays out on the left-hand side. I'd want to see Anthony Gordon, whether he's really ready to start playing games and have a huge impact um, on this team. I I think he has a role to play, but um, whether or not he's, he's like, he's obviously not the finished article yet, but he is the most like for like Richarlison replacement so when you're looking for that counter that ball when Seamus Coleman pushes up and Hamas tucks in to switch the play to Luca Dean and to to have Anthony Gordon running in behind to um, to cross to Calvert-Lewin or or that sort of pattern of play I think it has to do with um, having runners in behind on that left hand side so hopefully it's Anthony Gordon um, but we'll, we'll have to see who's available. I, I also agree. I think it is going to be like a cagey game because with all the, with everything going on with United at the moment, I, I think it's one of those and Everton's haven't won in their last, they haven't won in their last three. I think it's a game that, you know, uh, I, I could see it being a draw. I think there's goals in it though. I could see like a one, one or a two, two draw. Um, but I think it's still going to be pretty cagey for the most part I don't see it being like a super entertaining free-flowing game
2: yeah I definitely agree I think whoever's playing on the break is going to be I think they'll be more happy to be playing on the break to be honest especially Mm -hmm. if it were like United allowing them but I think Everton might just allow United to have possession because like you were saying they're very poor at breaking them down and I could see set, set pieces really playing a big factor in the game
0: yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I think I said this already, but with our super slow center back pairing at a moment, I cannot wait for Mason Holgate to come back because he is Carlo Ancelotti's number one center back and he hasn't played yet this season because he like broke his toe or something. Um, but he is the number one center back at the club and has a lot of pace. So for the future games, I may have said this already, for the future games in the season when we want to play a little bit higher up, you can put uh, Mason Holgate and Ben Godfrey together, and then you've got just absolute tremendous pace to to get back and cover, but it kind of limits us at the moment with Yeri Mina, who he's super slow, and Michael Keane, who's also super slow, who are much more physical and just better in the low block. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm excited for the games this weekend. Uh, do you guys have anything else
1: you want to add before we wrap it up? No, nothing different just our first it'll be our first episode uh for after united and everton play a match against each other so at least one of us is going to be cranky next week so let's let's hope it's not me and aiden that's all i have to say
2: yeah and just everyone get your questions in even if you want to start a little bit of fire between the lads if it's a united or everton question after the game just please we know ganit has been a great great guy and gotten his questions in so everyone else get your questions in. thanks
0: yep you can send those questions you can find us on twitter at otl soccer pod or send in your questions uh by email the email is otl soccer podcast at gmail.com and like Aiden said we just want the the interaction we don't care what you send in literally anything we just want the interaction because it's it's about the community and and yeah we like doing this and we just want to interact with everybody so uh thank you so much for listening everybody we'll be back uh, next week uh, to review the action. And yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you again. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.